Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, good to have you in here live on a Thursday. The Predators and the Flames tonight at 7 o'clock. Pre-game at 6 p.m. here on ESPN 1025. The game, we've got coffee with the coach coming up at 7.30 this morning. Dan Lambert will join us. But right now, getting set for the Titans and the Panthers coming up on Sunday in Charlotte. And we get the Carolina perspective as we're joined by David Newton. Does a great job covering the Panthers for ESPN and ESPN.com. David, we appreciate a couple of minutes. How are you? Uh, doing great. Good to look forward to this game uh, coming up. Big game for both teams. For sure. Good to have you in. And, you know, I looked at the Panthers a couple of weeks ago and Kyle Allen just continuing to play well. At that point, no turnovers. The Panthers hadn't lost a game with him. And I was thinking, and I even said this on the show a couple of times, I don't know that the Panthers, if he continues to play like this, go back to Cam Newton now, obviously, we saw that we saw we saw the Forty Nine er game. We saw the turnovers. Kyle Allen maybe returned, you know, a little. <clears throat> excuse me, a little regression to the mean. Uh, was it a surprise for you that Ron Rivera stuck with Kyle Allen this week? Not totally. I, I, I wrote that if he wanted to switch, this would be the ideal time. Uh, but if Cam was one hundred percent healthy, and right now Cam's not one hundred percent healthy, and that's been the key for this whole thing, uh, that they're not going to rush Cam Newton back. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, they won that game and Cam been 100% healthy, then that would have been a really, really, really tough decision for Ron Rivera. Um, fortunately for him, he didn't have to make that because I, I think that would have been probably the biggest decision he's had to make in his career uh, since he's been here. So uh, it's Kyle's just kind of tightened things up a little bit. He didn't have a good game this past week, but that really – what he did wasn't the reason they lost that game. Um, defense – that have been playing really well, gash in the run game, and, and didn't play well in the pass game either. So they've got to tighten that up, get the pressure back on the quarterback like they've been doing, and just keep Kyle on from making mistakes. Kyle admitted that you know he was playing on the road, he was playing in a big game, that his heart got raced a little bit, and he he probably made some uh, got a little ahead of himself, did some things he didn't need to be doing out there. Uh, Should have gotten the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey a little more. Now, in a in a weird way uh, for Ron R- Rivera, we know that you know it's not been good for him the last few seasons. Did this sort of save his job somewhat? Cam being injured, having to sit down, Kyle coming in, winning some games, kind of stabilizing things. They're still in the playoff hunt. Um, did this, you know, the the injury sort of save his job at least for now? I mean, I don't think that they were going to make a decision before the season was over regardless. Mm-hmm. But I still think the pressure is still there for for, for him, for the Panthers to, to not only win but make the playoffs. Uh, you know, they didn't make it last year and they had the quarterback situation. I think David Tepper gave them this past offseason to kind of shore up the backup quarterback spot in case something happened to Cam Newton again so they'd be ready for that situation. So. If they were to go on a skid like we did last year after a bad loss, you know, after the Pittsburgh loss last year when they were pretty much embarrassed like they were against San Francisco this past week, they went on that seven-game skid. So if the same thing happened again, I think you'd see a lot of changes around Bank of America Stadium. So I don't think anybody's safe right now. You can see the look on David Tepper's face after the game. He wasn't a very happy uh, owner. When you look at this defense, they are one of the best teams in the NFL at getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, both both hits, sacks, you know, uh, they're great against the pass because of that pressure. What, what makes them so dangerous in that department? Well, they've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. They keep teams off balance. They keep quarterbacks off balance because they never know where the, where the pressure is coming from. Um, and they can do a lot of that pressure with basically their front 
four or five uh, guys. They don't have to blitz a lot to, to get that pressure. Um, so they've, they've really done a good job of that. That was an emphasis during the offseason. They wanted to get better at that. They were uh, 27th in the league in sacks last year. They're second right now. And they only have one less sack than the New England Patriots. The Patriots have played one more game. So um, they, they've really on a, a pretty good pace. I mean, the, I wrote a story a week ago. They were on a pace to – at least if they kept up their current uh, level of sacks per game, they would tie the record by the 1984 Bears that had a 72 sacks. So they've got to get back up on the game on the, to get back on that pace. But I, I, I think it's going to be interesting on Sunday. You guys starting a, a young quarterback. They like to, to give that confusion to those guys. So we'll see what happens. David, uh, I think a lot of people think Christian McCaffrey is a legitimate MVP caliber player. And the guy is just unbelievable. But what makes him so difficult? Because you know you got to stop the guy, whether it's on the ground or through the air. The guy is just a total monster. I look at it from the standpoint of I don't think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore get the respect they deserve. And I think those guys are one of the reasons why it becomes even more difficult to stop a guy like Christian McCaffrey. How is this offense operating beyond just Christian McCaffrey? Well, it is running through Christian McCaffrey right now, and uh, the the wide receivers have played okay. I don't think they've played great right now. I think they're going to need a little more out of Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore if they're going to make a run this year uh, because teams are going to gang up on Christian McCaffrey. But McCaffrey is totally a beast, man. He uh, it's not just that he is his athletic ability. I mean, he he can he can jump over people, he can run around him, he can out juke them. He um, he has that breakaway speed to pull away from them. But it's just how strong he is, too. A lot of people were surprised at how well he runs between the tackles. I mean, he really has just got – I think he's maybe the best all-around back in the league. I mean, even last week against the number one defense in the league, if you look at the numbers, I think he was right around 100 – he had over 100 yards rushing and receiving another 38 or so. He's right around 150 total yards from scrimmage against a defense that was not allowing that uh, much more than that per game. And he had a 43-yard uh, run called back because of a holding penalty by the guard in that game. So he he has just been unbelievable out there. Um, I don't know if there's any one way to stop him because he just does so many things. You just I mean, you can line him up outside. He can get one-on-one with a linebacker, and the linebacker's just not going to stay with him, even a safety. Um, again, you can run between the tackles. He's just got the elusive moves and the speed to break through there. So he's he, he is unbelievable. It's interesting. You got this game coming up with uh, – Derrick Henry, uh, I know he's not facing Henry, but Henry's the guy that beat him out for the Heisman back in 2015. And Christian still doesn't. Uh, he's nothing against Henry, but Christian's still not happy he lost that. <laughs> he's pulling the, he has the old Peyton Manning thing going. Uh, hey, I voted for McCaffrey <laughs> over Henry. I just want the record to show. Oh, uh, man. Um, well, you you might be one of the few in the East Coast because it seems like a lot of East Coasters must have voted for Henry because uh, – yep. A lot of them didn't stay up late enough to watch some of McCaffrey's highlights. I, it's, it's been really interesting to watch, though, because I, I had a lot of respect for Henry and what he did, and he really carried that Alabama team in 2015. But when you look at everything that Christian can do, my gosh. It's, and, again, you can't grade them on what they've done since they got to the NFL, but you got to grade them on that 2015 entirely. But, you know, both of them broke the legends record. Yeah, both of them um, ultimately, I think, will be studs in this league. McCaffrey's already showing it. Uh, Derrick Henry um, started up last year 
with showing how much of a bruiser he can be and will be moving forward. Um, you alluded to this being an important game for both teams. I look at um, the Carolina Panthers after this game. They got Green Bay. Um, it's, if, if, if they win this game and Kyle Allen plays well, uh, one, is this – is this a must win for Ron this game, knowing that they have Green Bay coming up and then um, Atlanta? And if Kyle wins this game, how much more difficult will it be to then insert Cam Newton into the starting lineup? I hate to use the word must win, but uh, I think it's an important game, as I said earlier, because they do have a tough game coming up and they do need to get back on track and, and win some home games because they start off 0 and 2. And both of those losses were at home. And you can't make the playoffs if you have a losing record at home, generally. Um, so they've got to do that. The tougher part of their schedule is on the back end. Uh, they have a few easy games. Uh, now, nothing's really easy in the NFL, but they have the Falcons twice, the Redskins. So those are games you think they could win. So if they win, if they win on Sunday and you throw those in there, then you get to eight. But you're going to have to get an NFC probably up to ten wins to, to have a shot right now because there's so many good teams in the NFC. So they're going to have to upset some teams. I mean, their finishing stretch is, is going to be really brutal. So and they've got the Saints a couple of times, too, and the Saints are playing unbelievable. So they, it's, a, it's a really big game just to get back on track and, and to try to build some momentum. What they do with Cam, I, right, I can't see them coming back to Cam until after he's practiced a week or two. Uh, and, and he's not going to get it this week, it looks like. He wasn't even on the field. Uh, working on the side yesterday. Uh, I don't know if he'll be out there today again because it's uh, weather's pretty bad out here. And, you know, I don't know if they want to throw him in a situation coming back where he's facing a Green Bay team that's really hot because you want – when Cam comes back, they need to put him in the best possible situation to win because he's lost eight straight games as a starter going back to last year. And if you put him back out there with Kyle Allen have success and they lose the game, like even the Green Bay – People are going to just start to, to put a lot of heat on him and Ron Rivera. I think the most likely scenario, since they didn't come back this week, is probably in a couple of weeks when they play Atlanta. Because um, Atlanta's struggling, that's a good situation for, for them to, to go out there and put a win up. So, again, I don't think he'll see Cam against Green Bay right now. It just seems like that's going to be too quick since he's not out there this week. David, we appreciate the time and the insight. Thank you very much. Enjoy it, guys. You got it. David Newton covers the Panthers for ESPN and ESPN.com. Falcons are a good elixir. Maybe that's a good time for Cam to come back. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, this, I mean, Kristen McCaffrey is just, he's Yikes. he's he's that new back. Um, you know, he's the back that everyone covets uh, because he can both run between the tackles. I think that was the... You know the big, the big unknown. Can he run between the tackles in the NFL? Well, at least for now, yeah. he's proven that he can run run between the tackles. He can run outside. He's averaging five point two yards of carry. And then not only that, from a receiving standpoint, he has hell. He has over a thousand, close to a thousand yards in total offense. Um, you know, for this team. Uh, with you know four or five touchdowns, no more than that. Honestly, he has uh, over ten touchdowns. Um, so it's 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 going to be hard to stop a guy like that because you don't know. Even when he's in there on first down, do you put a linebacker in there or do you put a defensive <laughs> back in there? What do you do yeah. because he can easily run between the tackles or 
they can flank them out on first down, and now you got to cover them with a bigger linebacker. Right, so, in, in which case, I'm sending them down the sideline in a wheel route, and you got no chance. Yeah, so it's, it's, Just, this is probably the hardest. This is probably one of those nights where Dean Pease has been up all week. He hadn't slept. <laughs> That's, Not one bit. Yeah, but that, that let's let's kind of flip it the other way. This is probably the best defense Christian McCaffrey's seen all year, unless they uh, played I mean, the Patriots that, or Bills. That, that, that 49ers, that 49ers defense is pretty good. That's true. Um, Just last week, and see the thing is, he's going to he's going to get his. What you can't then let happen is the other guys. Either you could take two approaches. You could say we're going to take him out of the game like a Bill Belichick. We're going to take this one guy out of the game and force everybody else to beat us. Or you're gonna say, you know what? I'm a, I'm taking everybody else out, and I'm gonna force this one guy to beat us. If he could beat us by himself, so be it. So it all depends on which approach you want to take. I'd love to know, and maybe we can ask this question, like just what what would be your approach if you're Belichick slash Peas? Like what what do you do yeah. with, with McCaffrey? How do you approach it? Let's get into that when we come back. It's morning drive here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Uh, I need to get into the internet real quickly here. Just, uh, you know, you guys know I tell you about Xfinity and the great products they have all the time on the show and literally every day. And it's the, the TV, the technology, the development, the home security, the app, all that stuff is amazing. But, but the, what I've learned this year, even more so than ever before, is – internet usage at my house like on saturday nights in particular i have to do my show for for espn on saturday nights and it carries a ton of bandwidth but my wife sits in the living room and she you know she's watching her shows on demand she's got stuff going for the kids on on the ipad i've got the two tv setup going i've got my wireless internet working on my laptop like so basically Xfinity Internet it, it it is working overtime at my house more so than any of your houses on Saturday nights, and it runs perfectly. Runs absolutely perfectly. I can do the entire show. I've got the laptop going. I've got the iPad going. I've got the the on-demand TV screen going in the other room. The wife can watch whatever she wants. Not a single glitch, no slowdowns, no nothing. And I'm running a lot more stuff on my Xfinity Wi-Fi than than the average human does at at home on a Saturday or, or Sunday night. So I know that it's a perfect solution for your internet problems. So check out what they've got. They've got unbelievable upload and download speeds. Obviously, download speeds is what you guys need. I need good upload speed, but they offer it all, and that's why Xfinity is simple, easy, and awesome. It makes your life better, and it makes your experience better at home. So check them out. They've got tremendous uh, tremendous Wi-Fi speeds. The Blast Internet is fantastic as well. Check it out. Have them come out and, and give you a good they'll, – they'll set up the Wi-Fi location in your house so that every single TV and every single room and every single nook and cranny of your house is covered. They'll make sure. They'll test it all while they're there setting it up. They'll, they got you covered. Xfinity. 1-800-XFINITY is the phone number. Xfinity.com is the website. Or pop into a store today for more details. It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in live here on a Thursday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise. I guess we'll call it a uh, officially – Happy Halloween show this morning? Yeah, I was just asking Marquise why this song, and I guess I'm just old and boring, uh, why this song it's was Rihanna, a Halloween man. song. I'm friends with the monster inside of, under my I, bed. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you, you feel me? Once you explained it to me, I, I, I understood a little bit more. Right. See, it, it doesn't know. really have to always be the generic, I you know, agree. it's a monster match. Yeah, I'll probably play that later. <laughs> I'll probably play that later anyway. As long but, as we get the Halloween theme at least once. Oh, we will. Yeah. Oh, we will. I'm is that, just is that saving Jason it. Voorhees, is that right? No, it's Mike Myers. Mike Myers, that's right. See, I don't know. I'm not a Halloween guy. Just put on AMC for the month of October, and all they show for 30 days in a row is Mike Myers movies. So what is Dean Pease having bigger nightmares about, Jason Voorhees or Christian McCaffrey? It's got to be McCaffrey. How does 100%. He, how does he, what is the approach? 
Because Belichick, what, what we talk about all the time with Belichick is he takes away your best option. He will not let your best thing that you do beat him. And you know, what, and I think we saw that with the Titans last year, right? He took away Derrick Henry in the running game, and Derrick Henry's benched in that game. And he and he said, you know what? I'm going to make Marcus beat me, and Marcus beat him that day. But what what is the approach if you're Dean Pease on on Christian McCaffrey? Is it are, are you trying to spy him in some way? Is it is it bracket? I mean, what what's the strategy, Derek? Um, I mean, what if he's because he's so he's two dimensional and. You know, this is a guy that can, again, he can run the football, he can catch the football. Probably can throw the football, too, so <laughs> three-dimensional. I think he might have um, thrown a few passes in college. Yeah, so it's hard to cover guys or game plan for guys like that. It's easier to game plan for a Derrick Henry because you know he's not catching many passes out the backfield. So it's easier to take a guy like that out of a game. And we talked about it earlier with, you know, why I, I think I had some success against Bill Belichick because I just wasn't one guy. I just wasn't a speed guy. It, I was a guy that can do just about anything in a route combination, so it's harder to take guys out like that. And I know Dean Pease is trying to you know, figure out a way, how do we take Christian McCaffrey out of the game, knowing that, one, he's a three-down back. Um, two, he can he can be in a pass pro. Um. He runs between the tackles. He runs outside. He can run the screenplay. Whatever they need Christian McCaffrey to do, he can do it. The Wildcat, whatever. It's hard to take guys like that out of the game. So what you do is you tell your team, listen, be disciplined. Rush lanes are very important. Be disciplined. It's kind of like when you're going against, you know, Lamar Jackson. Stay in your rush lane. Mm -hmm. Do not get outside your rush lane. Don't start inventing things when you play against Lamar Jackson because the minute you invent something he's going to gash you for 40 yards the same with Christian McCaffrey play your assignment and alignment and tackling is very very crucial yeah they gotta they gotta yeah. rally to the when ball they, they gotta him, gang they gotta tackle get him down they cannot there can't be any missed tackles if he catches one of those middle routes for five yards you can't let him bust it into 25 yards like and there's nobody that can cover him. They, they, you can't put Byard on him. You can't put Jayon Brown on him. I almost feel like, you know what, Christian McCaffrey's going to get his in the passing game. If they can keep him to under 75, 80 yards rushing, I think that's a win. I just feel like you can't let the other guys eat. You can't let DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, some of these other players go off. Like Almost be resigned to the fact that, look, Christian McCaffrey's almost unstoppable, but we can't let the role players no. kill us. Samuel's been a heavy target. They've targeted him a lot. Yeah. Um, he hasn't caught a ton of passes. He does not have a high catch rate, but they throw the ball to him a lot. And so he's one of those guys, if you remember him at Ohio State, really dynamic kid. who played. He came in, I think, as a running back recruit, turned into a receiver, did a little bit of both. So he actually is cut from the same mold as Christian McCaffrey, to be honest with you. Obviously a pure receiver in the NFL, but can do a little bit of everything. So um, the, And DJ Moore, same thing. He's sort of cut from the same cloth. They got a lot of versatile weapons, and then you slide in Greg Olson, right? And so mm-hmm. um, it, it's a dangerous offense, but Ky- Kyle Allen, I think, is – this is one of those games on defense, to me, if you cut the head off the snake, the rest of the body's going to wilt. I, I feel like the, if you can pressure and attack Kyle Allen, sure, Christian McCaffrey might get his 20 touches, you know, 16 carries, four or five receptions, and maybe he gets to 100 yards. And, and sure, okay, you're going to give up some points, but – if you look at what he's, you know, you, you, you cut off the head of the snake here in Kyle Allen, I think, like the Niners did last week, mm-hmm. that there's, your, there's your, your path to success against this offense. Defensively, 
it's a totally different beast. You, you better be prepared to take some lumps and hopefully Brett Kern is bat being healthy again because I think you're going to have to play some field position with, with the offense this week. I, I predict that because it, I don't think there's anything they can do um, short of just, you know, rallying to the ball and when he gets it, get him on the ground as quickly as possible. He's going to have 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing or damn near 100 yards rushing but over 100 yards receiving. They're going because two hundred no yards of offense. No matter what you do with Christian McCaffrey, even against a really good defense, he's a matchup problem. Are you going to put a DB on him? Well, go ahead and try to put Lashawn Sims, Sims on him and see what happened. <laughs> we, you know? we saw enough well, last week we because you're to, not going to yeah. put. I don't know. I don't know if Jackson's playing this week, but you're not going to put Jackson yeah. on him. Okay, go ahead and, and and take a linebacker out. And 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 why he's in the backfield? You're, you, I mean, you said what, this what are you yes, going to do? You said this yesterday. Imani Hooker might play a big role. Yeah, Imani Hooker. He might be the guy. And he, even him, it's going. They're going to have to. It's it's almost they're going to have to bracket him yep. on every every play, every offensive play because you don't know if they are going to run the ball. I mean, you probably have your cues, but even when he's mm-hmm. running the ball, he's averaging close close to five point five yards a carry. Yep. All right, Predators and the Calgary Flames tonight at 7 o'clock here on 102.5 The Game. We'll come back and talk with Dan Lambert. It's time for coffee with the coach. My man, Dan Lambert, power play savior. Will will you profess your love directly to his Absolutely. I've already tweeted him directly. I will say it directly over the radio. We'll do that when we come back here on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, and Michael Myers here on this Halloween. One thing that is scary is the Predators' offense, and it has certainly mm. improved on the power play, and I think one man gets a ton of credit for that, and that is Preds assistant Dan Lambert. Coach, we appreciate a couple of minutes. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you guys? We are doing excellent. You know, a couple of days ago on the show... I said on the air, I even tweeted at you directly at Dan Lambert 15. I said, thank you, sir, for fixing the power play. So let me give you a very professional, hard-hitting journalism question. How'd you do it? (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, I don't know that I had to fix anything. I think, you know, just establishing the trust and and the relationships with the players. um, Obviously, there's a lot of skill on this team, and, and I think it was... You know, and, and adding Matt Duchesne uh, as a left shot certainly has helped. And so I'm not sure that anything has been fixed. Or, But, um, you know, I know that we're trying to establish certain things and, and um, momentum is one of them. And I think, uh, you know, on some nights we've done a good job of that. It, you just, uh, you know, I was going to say, bringing in an $8 million centerman who's, um, you know, extremely talented certainly helps the, the whole process. But I was talking to Ryan Johansson last night about this, and, and it's very obvious that you guys love having Matt Duchesne low with Victor Arvidsson now high, which is not how they ran it last year. Um, explain sort of what that left-handed shot means and what it allows you to do on offense with, with Johansson on the half wall. Well, I think, you know, with with Matt's ability to make plays down low um, and him being able to attack, being a left shot from that side of the ice is, is critical. And then um, where he gets the puck, often passing it to a right shot in Arvidsson in the slot or, or back door for that matter, whether it's Yarncroft or Forsberg, um, it just gives you different looks and different threats. And, and uh, you know, when you execute uh, two or three quick passes uh you know often it, it ends up in a in a scoring chance or a quick strike and that's kind of 
you know, those are some of the things that he adds, and then uh, there's probably a lot more, but certainly that's some of it. Now, Coach, uh, sometimes it can just be, um, as you know, I mean, I'm sure you have kids, and sometimes when you say things, um, it doesn't quite hit them, and then someone else comes in and say the same thing. And it seems like for some strange reason it gets through. I don't know why that is, but it happens. It may be just maybe in this situation, um, you know, a new voice, uh, a new maybe just a new approach. You said the guys – you, you don't think you had to fix anything because those guys are just uber talented. Maybe it's just a different voice explaining the same thing and maybe just a tweak here and there. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, I wasn't here last season. Um, I know the coaches that, that um, you know, were working with the power play. They're very intelligent guys. Nothing mm-hmm. much has changed that way. Um, but you know what? I honestly do believe that, you know, establishing those relationships are important. And, and I think that the players um, have, um, you know, they didn't enjoy last season as far as their numbers um, when it came to the power play. So I think they, they were all, uh, they were all ears and, and they wanted to make a change and, and uh, they've done that. I mean, I haven't done much when it comes to changing. They've mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, decided that they wanted to do things differently. Now, you guys are tied for second in the Central with 17 points. Um, Pekka's on a tear right now. What has been the one thing that has gotten you guys to this point? You're 8-3-1. Like I said, you're tied for second with 17 points in the Central. But what has been the one thing that you see that has been, besides the scoring, because you guys are, I mean, I call you the Kansas City Chiefs of the NHL. You're scoring anybody at will. Um, But what has been the one thing in your mind that has put this team in the position that they're in now? Well, to be honest with you, um, you know, in, in some of our wins, we, we've come from behind in the third period, and, and I think um, maybe that's a big factor is that there's there's no there's no um, you know basically n- never do we think that we're out of a game. Um, there's no guys don't give up at all. Um, they always believe you know what we can come back, we can make the next play, we can, and I think when you have that, even if you're not at your best. Um, for 60 minutes, um, you know, if you believe that you can come back on anybody, uh, I, I think that's a huge advantage. And I think right now um, we have that belief that we feel like even if we do go down a goal or two, um, we don't have to change the way we play. Maybe we have to raise our game a little bit, but, you know, we can find a way to, to put a couple pucks in the net. Dan Lambert joining us here for another installment of Coffee with the Coach here on Morning Drive. I know you've only been here for a short period of time. Obviously, the big news, Roman Yossi, monster contract. What have you seen in your little bit of time here in Nashville from from Roman Yossi, both on the ice and off the ice? Um, you know what? Roman is, is an unbelievable human being. Uh, he's such a great person, uh, first and foremost, and I think he's really respected in that dressing room and and he's certainly um one of the main voices on our team uh probably the main voice he wears the c for a reason he is our leader um but when you when you have a guy like roman as your leader um there's a lot of su- supporting cast um in his corner and and uh and i think roman is the uh, you know if you want somebody to lead your team he's your guy i mean it's amazing um not only is he an unbelievable player, but he's an unbelievable person, and he wants to win. He competes every single night. He's your hardest worker every day. I mean, you know, you hear that from people, but he truly brings that every day. Coach, you look at 
Tampa or maybe you know at Vegas as as better wins than beating Chicago. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Chicago, but they're struggling right now. Um, so there might be better wins that you've had, but has there been a more complete win for you guys as far as first shift to last shift, all 60 minutes, both sides of the ice, both ends of the rink? Is is there been a more complete showing in your mind than than what you guys did to Chicago on Tuesday? Not um, not that I've seen. I've been here for a short time, like you mentioned, um, but I thought it was a real complete game, you know, from from our goaltender all the way out. I mean, we were very happy with every individual, uh, and as a team, we played as a team. Um, we came in waves. Uh, when they did have the odd shift where it came in our end, we re- went right back at them. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a great effort and certainly something you'd like to bottle up and, and bring every single night. Coach, always a pleasure. We appreciate you stopping by, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You got it. Dan Lambert joining us here on the show. And, yeah, I mean, the power play, night and day difference. But he says, no, I don't, I don't think it's really mm-hmm. – you know, I'm not going to take any credit. It's like, well, no, they were dead last last year, sir. You, different voice, though, too. Feel free to right? take credit. Like, like you yeah. said, Derek, he's kind of a new voice saying something, and, and that can change things. Yeah, but then, you know, Matt Duchesne doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> Eight million dollar and, and, uh, poker chip and there. Changed some things up, but but he's right. I I, I think because um, the the players are there, the players were always there, um, and sometimes just sometimes um, I, I'm I'm sure he hasn't come in there and just re reinvented, you know, the wheel. He's taking what he what he has, and with the new addition to to Duchesne, and and just work with that. And I think the guys were. It's to me, it's easier to start the season off and get the problems fixed because you have all off season to work on that problem, and then get into the season you can start off fresh, as opposed to you know middle of the season trying to change things that is very difficult to do if it's going wrong nine times out of ten you're not going to fix it you just hope that you know it's not bad when you need it that it you you can at least get a you know a score Mm -hmm. when you need it on a power play during the season it didn't happen for them last year this year they've started off on the right foot they've gotten some some um some confidence in their power play i don't think you will see what happened last year ever again because now these guys, they, they believe that they can score on a power play. They believe they got the guys. They believe in Coach Lambert. So I don't think you will see this team. Now, will they be number one? I don't know. But I don't, see, I don't think you will see this team go, you know, be like the, at the bottom of the, of the league in power play anymore. I don't think. Can, can I take like a really nice, smart, educational segment on Preds hockey and just completely drag it into the gutter? You, are you guys okay with that? Can I pick on uh, Duck Lips and uh, what's the new name of the show in the afternoon? Um, du- Duck Lips and uh, SpongeBob Stillman Pants. Oh, that's Spongebob right. Spongebob Sponge- Sponge- under the sea. Spon- yeah, SpongeBob Stillman Pants. Sp- SpongeBob and uh, and and Mr. Krabs in the yeah. afternoon. Uh, not Mr. Krabs. You're cool, man. Um, but let me pick on <laughs> let me pick on the human frat paddle for a second because again he 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 takes. I love you. I love you, Stillman. You're a great dude. But you take so much stuff out of context, and then you twist it for your own use. And you, you you picked on me a little bit yesterday. Got a few got a few people on Twitter tweeting at me saying, "Hey, Stillman's calling you out because you know your Chicago take." I have now asked Ryan Johansson, Colton Sissons, and a coach on the team: mm-hmm. it, d- Is Chicago the most complete performance of the year? Not the best win of the year, 
but the most complete performance of the year. And all three of them have, have said, yes, it was our most complete performance from goaltending, defense, yeah. offense, from the first shift to the last shift. 60 minutes of complete hockey, it was our most complete performance. Well, it wasn't, the, the, the eye test would say that, and the stats. The fi- almost, 50, almost broke right. a record for shot attempts. Yep. It, it was not their best win. I, when I tweeted you hotcakes yesterday, I did not say it was the best win of the season. So don't twist my words on your show like you always do and turn it into some other topic that you want so that it fits your story. What I said about Chicago and the way they played on Tuesday night was not that it was the best win of the season. The way they played against Vegas, as you so eloquently put on your show yesterday, Jared, it was probably one of the best wins. The Tampa win in overtime was one of the best wins of the season. No question. What I said about Chicago was that it was the most complete performance of the season. And so far, every single person in the Preds <laughs> on the Preds roster agrees that, that they want to take what they did on Tuesday and that's what they want to do every well, night. Well, I mean, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Robin Leonard, that game's ten nothing. Yeah, and and in fact, uh, both both Colton and, and Ryan last night were incredibly complimentary. He goes, I think Johansson said something like, "Rarely do you leave a game where you say the best player on the ice, the guy who played the best, was mm-hmm. the opposing goaltender, and you won three nothing." Oh, right. wow! Like r- rarely, n- normally when you say that, it's oh you lost one nothing, right? Like mm-hmm. you got beat by a goaltender who just stood on his head and and took away everything that you did. And man, you, you you threw everything you could at him, and he just somehow figured out a way, and you lost one nothing. Rarely does that happen, and then you win three nothing, and and the guy still stood on his head and made incredible save after incredible save all night long, and took fifty plus shots and only gave up three goals. I just think it again. I think it was the most complete showing of the season. Uh, it doesn't make it the best win. It was not the best win. So let me be very clear to people who might be listening to me. I did not say that it was the best win. I said it was the most complete performance. So don't twist my words for your own narrative. Okay? You good? I'm better now. How you feel? I'm better. I'm better. I, I just, you know. Hmm? I, I just wanted sure? to get, get that off my okay. chest a little bit. Thank yeah. you for coming to our TED Talk. I thought, uh, I thought Baker Mayfield and Joel Embiid were fired up until I heard Braden go. Well, you just, I, don't, I don't appreciate yeah. my words being taken out of context. Baker Mayfield agrees. When we come back, speaking of Baker Mayfield, speaking of Joel Embiid, the two biggest stories yesterday in the world of sports, one of which happened in a locker room, the other on the floor. We'll get to that next because we've got to call out the media for being hypocrites. And just, I'm just saying collectively what? as a whole. We'll do that next on Morning Drive. To the black field goal at the end of the first half, the two-minute drive. It seemed like there was a lack of urgency there. Was something going on? There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. No, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're the behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, That was Baker Mayfield as he stormed out of the locker room yesterday, <sighs> which I, I think brings into question, and you'll hear uh, Joel Embiid in a moment as well because he was a big story last night. I mean, we as the media love to say, we want our athletes to be authentic. Be yourself. Stop giving us coaching cliches and stock answers. And then when Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield, let's face it, I mean, 
you know, you could debate he's got maturity issues. He's he wears his emotions on his sleeve when when he gets combative and then walks out. I mean, I guess we can d- dispute his professionalism in that setting. Yeah, that's the issue. Not not the. But do we do we 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 kill these guys for not giving us nothing, and then when they're themselves, we kill them yeah, as well. That, that, and that was his response on Twitter. I think this morning or last night, he said, "Oh, you know, when I'm honest, you know, you get." You get mad at me if I'm if I'm not honest and I give you a stock answer, then I'm complacent. That wasn't a stock. That wasn't about honesty, though. I think Baker's missed the entire point. That that was not about being honest or not honest. He he's not going to get hammered because of that answer because it was honest or not honest. He's going to get hammered because he was disrespectful to another professional. How was adult. that disrespectful? Now I don't have a problem with it. I don't really care. Like I'm not going to lose any sleep over no, it. But I'm saying, how was but, that disrespectful? Well, I just think there's a he's frustrated because of the loss and because of how he played. But that's just a guy doing his job. The the guy's asking a question. But he's he was just doing at, his job. He kept asking. He was he was egging him on. I, Baker was giving him your job. Ba- Baker was. It's not called doing your job. It's called you know you have an agenda and you oh, want to get that on. agenda. Come on. He kept on as Baker was giving him the answer and he kept on saying, "Well, but." And Baker's like, "Listen, I'm telling you, man. Like, what more do you want me to say?" It's like, and then we don't know how long Baker was standing there. We don't know if he had asked. He been there for a little while. Yeah. So he was like, okay. I'm tired of this. It was, I'm a, B, it was a BS answer. It's, I'm, I'm leaving. How was it a BS answer? He gave him everything that he wanted, and the dude kept saying, but. And Baker, like, no, I wasn't happy with the drop, but. It's he, like, dude, no, no, seriously. The, the question was, now, I don't, the one question I don't like is at the end where the, the reporter goes, so you're happy with the drive? That, that is a result of a snarky interaction between both right. of them. Both of them are, are being snarky at that point. The first couple of questions are very legitimate questions and he about, the, and about he why them. is the time ticking off the clock. Did what, he not what is answer? going on? And and he, and he, no, he just said, "Oh, we was a penalty. Know, okay. We took a penalty. We took a penalty. Play, that, we took play penalty. that back. I think he answered every question. And then the ke- dude kept saying, "But." Well, he, and Baker was like, "Listen, he do wasn't you want getting me to the, tell answer you the answer to the question." He. All right, let's let's we got the full thing. Let's play it again. To the uh, black field goal at the end of the first half, the two minute uh, drive. It seemed like there was a lack of urgency there, or something going on. There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. No, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're the behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running. See, he, said, so, he keep on no, saying but. The well, he didn't no, you don't, play, he, you don't know it. If he, he's answering the question, and the guy is interrupting him saying but. And Baker's like, stop, man, I'm trying to answer the question. Like, I don't. I, it's just, all right. Listen, it's all right. I, it, I'm not giving, you know, sometimes. We look at these media members and say, oh, they're making X amount of dollars. They should. No, if you're asking a stupid ass question, I'm going to walk what, away. What Basically. Is, fans want to know. And he was giving the, the clock, answer. Well, he didn't. He just said, well, okay, oh, it was a penalty. Hey, Munson, play it again. <laughs> he said the clock stopped because it was a penalty. That's the answer. What more do you want him to say? Again, you are being like the guy that's no, answering that's, the question. That's, that's asking the question. It's not like, what the fans want to hear. Who gives a hell what the fans want to hear, really? That's He's what giving, his job is. Okay. Say it again. Say it again. Why are you taking your time? Don't be stealing well, my lines, Munson. The, car, the, the, the clock stopped because there was a penalty. That's the answer. Well, that, what more do you want? That, but that wasn't what happened in the situation. He, the reporter is asking why there was so much time taken told him. in between. He said the clock stopped. In that particular play. He said the clock stopped, so we didn't have to run a play, so we took our time. He what? I, again, I don't know what more you want him to say. Really, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I mean, again, I don't know what the answer is there. But that's why you asked the question. And again, the fans want to know what happened. <laughs> play it again. You want to take it? To, yep. Play it again. Nick, take it back. 
Take it back. Rewind it. <laughs> Remix. There's a penalty, so we were negative Something yards. going on. There's a penalty. Negative yards. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, no, no. Stop saying but. I just told you the clock yeah, was running. You, you, he's telling you. Clearly. Let him clear. answer the question. So, but if you're, let him answer well, let the question. The clock, so we're in negative. What do you say? Negative yardage? Yeah, negative yardage. He said the clock stopped because it was a okay. penalty. So the clock doesn't wind after the penalty. So it's still the clock is stopped. Yeah, the clock is so stopped. You don't need to rush. Yeah, you don't need to rush. But later on in that series, on that drive, wasn't there a ton Thank of time you. that went off That's in between the, plays? That is what the question and, is and about. And I don't even know that it's Baker's fault. I think uh-huh. it's I think it's Freddie Kitchen's fault. And I can't say that. That's Baker a question that. that he needs to be asking Freddie Kitchen. And he probably did because he's well, t- doing t- his t- job. Take us as a player behind the scenes because guys that didn't play in the NFL level, like we go nuts when there's a minute to go and you're out of timeouts and you're, you know, 22 seconds goes off before you get your next snap. Why, why do some teams and some players go so slow when the urgency is needed to go fast? Because some teams are, rely, are, are relying on the guy on the sideline. They are relaying the message to them. And sometimes when it's noisy, they can't hear. They're trying to figure out, okay, because that speaker is not always clear in your ear. Say that. So you're trying, you're trying to figure this out. Some teams, like a, like a Tom Brady, they don't look uh, two minutes, they don't look to the sideline. They got their plays. They know what they're going to run. Steve Manier, he knew what he was going to run. He had his plays, but some teams don't. And then when the clock stops, it's like, okay, why do I got to rush? You know, I'm, I'm taking I, my time here. I, I am sympathetic to both sides of this. I, I am I'm not. I mean, I, I'm, that guy was an ass to me. Baker was an ass. So no, I, I Baker, am, Baker your did opinion, exactly. Derek. Let me he talk. He walked off. Let, let like, me talk. The point asking the, the, any dumbass questions. The, the point is he asked one question a second time. He asked a follow-up and then tried to – he didn't get an answer to the question for the fans, which is what he's working for, and he asked a follow-up question, and Baker cut him off. And, again, I don't – I'm – I am totally fine with a player being frustrated after a loss. That is a total normal thing. Players are, are entitled to be frustrated and to be honest. And then, you know, I, I think it's a double standard totally for athletes and coaches when we ask them to be honest and then they're too honest and then we rip them for being too honest. I think that's garbage too. That was not what took place there. What took place there was a guy was frustrated that he got beat and he acted a little immature and a little unprofessional. It's not a big deal. We don't need to make it a big deal. But it's okay to say Baker Mayfield – you clearly are who you are. We like who you are as a player, but sometimes you got to take your medicine. And when the fans want to know why too much time ran off the clock, it's okay because you don't have an answer clearly that you shouldn't just get snippy and snarky and, and say but and cut a guy off and be disrespectful to him. Again, I think the reporter then took it to another level with the follow-up, the final question, which is, oh, so you're happy with that drive? Mm-hmm. What is he supposed to say to that? Of course he's going to say, of course I'm not happy with the drive. Right. We didn't get any points or whatever. So like... That, that at that point the the conversation has de- devolved into two two egos yelling at each other or whatever. But it's a fair question to ask. It's fair for Baker to be frustrated. Guess why you make all that money, Baker, and play quarterback in the NFL? A little percentage of that is to answer questions. It's one of these things, the though, like where where two things can exist. Like I love Baker Mayfield's personality. Yeah, I love I his too. fire, just the raw, honest truth. And a lot of people in this day and age can't handle raw, honest truth. But I also like that out of other players on my team at different positions. I don't like his temperament as a franchise quarterback. Like I've always said, like my franchise quarterback, Ooh, that's I want to be a boring guy. Mm-hmm. Like I like, like Marcus, like, like Marcus, <laughs> like Andrew Luck. Like I, because it comes down to judgment for me. Like I don't trust Baker Mayfield's judgment. And then when you take yeah. his lack of maturity, his temperament, his poor judgment. And you mix that with just a historically wretched franchise, it's the perfect recipe for disaster. Well, I mean, whether I don't think there's no 
right or wrong way. Like I think Philip Rivers and Brady, I mean, like they, they channel their anger in a good way. You know, yeah. you got Philip Rivers, you got um, Tom Brady, you got uh, Aaron Rodgers. There are, are, are a handful of quarterbacks that that get emotional, and you know during the game. And there are some quarterbacks that that just don't. That's just the the way of it. Not to say that they're right. Their way is better than the other way. It's what works for you and your team. Whatever works for you and your team, that's who you're. They know who they drafted when they when they draft these particular quarterbacks. They know Tennessee Titans knew that they drafted a a soft spoken uh, Marcus Mariota. They knew it. Baker reminds Baker, me of a. Sure. Remember Ryan Leaf when he uh-huh. blew up years ago in that mm-hmm. locker room setting with the reporter? Which I don't he, think he went that far. No, Baker no, never went no, no. that yeah. far. Yeah. And Ryan but, Leaf will tell you that that's one of his lowest moments yeah. of his career. It's like, why did I act like that? Like, he's ashamed of it, you know? But, I but think that's, not Baker, it, that's not what Baker uh, did. A lot of it is, I mean, when you, when you come into a season and there's all of this, you know, we've gotten this player, we've gotten this player, we've gotten this player on defense, offense, defense, this should be a much better team. Based on their personality, hype and pressure getting yeah. to him. I think the the pressure Freddie and Kitchens the hype is getting to all of them. It's it's you know the, because they the thing is they believed in Freddie Kitchens and yeah. they you know he he went Baker Mayfield was in his corner so much so that he went off on um, um what you call it last year he had some snarky Hugh, things Hugh to Jackson. say about Hugh Jackson yeah. last year which, didn't want to shake his hand which I is kind of again it is what it is it's just silly but it's, like yeah, you know. it is what it is but they that's because they saw the offense operating in a different fashion well fast forward when the guy is the guy permanently yeah. maybe just maybe you don't like what he's doing and he's frustrated by maybe they all are probably frustrated yeah. you know about what's going he's, on because he, they were pegged. You know, some people pegged them in the AFC Championship game. Which is why you listen to this show, because we all told you yeah, not, to, not exactly. to do that. Now, again, ba- I, I, there's always this pushback on Baker, which I find interesting, because I love Baker Mayfield as a – you guys know that I love watching him play. Like, I love him as an athlete. I like his honesty. You take the good with the bad, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to get that. And, again, if I ever had that interaction with anyone in my family or at my job, I would be considered a giant tool for, for acting that way to anybody at my job or, or in my family. So I think it is a disrespectful interaction. It's not that big a deal. You just you walk up to a guy the day, next day and you say, "Hey, my bad man," and you move on. Like it's not that big a deal. Um, but I think the larger question is your point, Nick, about is is that temperament going to work? It, can you can it can it work when it's not harnessed in the appropriate way? Right, like you said, Rivers is that fiery guy, but he harnesses it in the correct way. Um, and, and so that's interesting to me because the other thing people say about Baker is, well, what have you done? You haven't done anything. You haven't won anything. Well, he did set the record for touchdown passes by a rookie quarterback last year. So it's not like he didn't accomplish. He got the Browns to a 7-8-1 and one record. It's not like he hasn't accomplished anything. I realize he hasn't won anything yet, but it's not like he didn't have a really good rookie year. No, he, very true. He, he did. He won a Heisman Trophy, got to the playoff. I mean, he's accomplished some things, not a ton. Um, and now he's second only to Jameis Winston in turnovers. In, in the NFL. And that, when you have 12 interceptions and like nine touchdowns, you're not doing your job. So the bottom line is, Baker, whatever question you're being asked, you're not doing your job right now. Whether it's the coach's fault, the offensive line's fault, probably a little bit of all of that, just like here, right? <laughs> it's the coach's fault and the offensive line's fault. You got to ask, you got to answer questions, man. That's just the nature of the beast when you're the number one overall pick and you're the quarterback of an NFL franchise, you're going to have to answer tough questions. It's just how it goes. We will carry this conversation over to Joe Rexroad from The Athletic. He's going to join us on the other side of Morning Drive on ESPN 1025 The Game.